It is 2021. My name is Justin Gage, and you're tuned in to the Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions Podcast with your host, Jason Woodbury. Welcome back to Transmissions. Our guest this week is Tamara Lindemann, who records under the project name The Weather Station. Her new album is called Ignorance, and it's out February 5th on Fat Possum Records. I've been a big fan of Tamara's songwriting for years now. She put out a bunch of great records on the essential Paradise of Bachelors label. And on this new one, she really digs into uh, kind of a more textured, rhythmic, and polished sound. Uh, It's really exciting to hear, Um, but the lyrics, as always, are really personal, but also, I think, kind of topical in an interesting way. She's writing a lot about the climate and what it feels like to sort of watch things turn the way they have. It's not a bleak record, though. It's a record with a lot of hope, and it was a real joy to sit down and discuss it with her. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you do... Go ahead and rate and review uh, the podcast. Share it with friends. Be sure to tell people that they can hear it wherever they get podcasts or always just over at AquariumDrunkard.com where they can get the file and listen to it however they want. If you want to take your support a step further, you can check us out over on Patreon. But uh, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Tamara Lindemann. Uh, We had it uh, right after... I read that Phil Spector had died, uh, but we don't talk about that. It's nice to talk with a musical genius who hasn't murdered anybody. All right, let's get into it. Tamara, thanks so much for joining us here on the Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions podcast. It's a real honor to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, I love this new record so, so much. I've loved a handful of your records uh, a great deal. Uh, this new one is uh, such an exciting record, and I'm really looking forward to uh, getting into it. But before we do that, I, I, I'm curious, what are your what are your daily what's your daily day like right now? Um, as we are in the uh, throes of the pandemic and you're not able to get out on the road and I don't assume, you know, you're in the studio every day. Maybe you are. Uh, what, 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 have, what have your days been like lately? I mean, I mean, lately I've been doing a lot of uh, interviews and uh, and things like that. But but before that picked up, I mean, it's been incredibly quiet uh my days have been quite peaceful i think because i'm i'm lucky enough to be doing okay that the pandemic hasn't hit me personally in a in a devastating way like it has for some people um yeah the time has been quiet i mean i i've had a lot of work to do like just sort of like essentially like administering my band and 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 music life but i've had i've had a lot of time to read cook go for long walks, uh, do a lot of writing. It's, it's been really nice. Have, did you work a lot on this, or did you work any on, on the new record, Ignorance, uh, sort of in lockdown, either finishing stuff up or overdubs, anything like that? No, it was honestly, it was long done. It, it was done and mastered, um, I think in December, actually, of last year. So December 2019. Yeah. Wow. So you've been kind of sitting with these songs. Is that, have you been sitting with these songs longer than you're normally sitting with your songs before they get released? (laughs) 
Yeah, it was a little longer in this case. Um, the record was actually supposed to come out in October and we pushed it back. So um, because of COVID, like we pushed it back in March. So yeah, it's it's a long time. I like I have gone forward and made another thing in that time. Um, so yeah, it was sort of like I got to move past it and then and then return to it, which has been kind of interesting. Like for me, the biggest thing has been, um, yeah, doing music videos uh, has sort of allowed me to engage with the music again in a creative context, but in this like totally different way, um, which has been really cool. And yeah. Well, in, in, in the videos and on the cover, you're wearing this super cool mirror suit. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I'm curious, did, did the mirror suit come after the record? Was, yeah, was, I think I started making it in the summer, like when I was mixing the record. And, and it didn't connect to the record in my mind. I thought that I was making something to wear on stage um, for shows and, and then realized um, I wore kind of the partially completed suit jacket on it on stage for one show in, in the summer and realized I could not wear it on stage. <laughs> And then, and then, yeah, it's, it sort of became connected to the record in my mind. And, and, and I was like, oh, this is, this is a part of the art for the record. This can be a part of the album art and a part of the video art and, uh, and yeah, be connected to the record visually. Well, it, it, it really makes these, vid- the videos are so arresting and so, and so like captivating, uh, and that suit, mm-hmm. you know is such a huge part of it the way it sort of flashes and glints and you catch sort of these like reflections it's re- it's really remarkable i'm curious b- before we get into maybe how it ties to the to the record you know uh spiritually or or you know mm-hmm. in an artistic sense um wh- why why can't you wear it on stage is it too hard to move in it is that the is that the main reason yeah yeah i can't i can't sit down or move in it <laughs> and i i have yet to fall in it it's it's plexiglass it's not glass Got but it. i i i think it's a little dangerous <laughs> yeah um well i love the idea of it being a little dangerous um i feel like there's a there's an undercurrent of danger to this record in a in a really cool way right because mm-hmm. you know you have long written sort of about what it means or what it's like to live in the world that we live in where we're thinking about mm-hmm. climate catastrophe we're thinking about you know obviously we're seeing the the sort of thin veneer of uh civilization sort of you know torn away uh and i feel like Mm -hmm. in a weird way not in a weird way in a very conscious way your records have always sort of grappled with some of the things that that we're dealing with right now i think about that suit and i think about those mirrors and uh and i would love to to hear you talk about the way that maybe after the record was more or less done you kind of came to understand that this visual representation could somehow be tied to to what you're talking about on the record. How did that How did that sort of revelation happen for you personally? Um. Well, I think I started thinking about the song "Wear the Like Wear the World." Like I tried to wear the world like some kind of garment. Um. Because I I took some photos with the suit. Um. With a friend of mine, Rima Satter, who's a really great photographer, and just instantly realized like, oh when I wear the suit and depending on where I am, I reflect back what's around me in this amazing way. And it looks like I'm wearing the sky or I'm wearing the water or I'm wearing the, the trees. And it, it, it makes me a part of my landscape in this really beautiful way. <laughs> but that also is interesting because it's also like, it just looks so physically like uncomfortable and jagged. So it's like this strange mix of feelings um, in the photograph and yeah, but it's interesting what you're saying. Cause I, I hadn't really thought about that. I feel like this suit just like has more and more metaphors to it. Every, every time I, I think about it, it, it just, it has a new, a new metaphor. And I am just sort of thinking maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it does kind of pretend to this, this danger that's sort of running through the world right now. And, and sort of this, this strange, you know, the artificial uh, that we seem so uh, ensconced in <laughs> and in love with, you know, maybe maybe wearing this this metallic silvery suit 
that reflects back everything around us is like it is it, this strange touch point to uh how odd our our lives are right now <laughs> well well yeah and i th- i feel i feel like there's something so interesting about it in that it almost feels like you know y- you are obscured by the suit you know and yeah, yeah and and you're kind of like hidden within it and and uh you know, when I watched the videos, I found myself really thinking about how at times, you know, you almost seem to sort of vanish, you know, from mm. you can still see you're there, you know, your form. And yeah. Um, and I th- and I thought about I think about how songs are reflections, you know, art is reflection. Yeah. And how it, yeah. it all feels so tied where you directed these videos. Have you. um have you directed some other stuff too, or is or is this sort of a new foray? No, just a totally new foray. I think part of what happened was uh, with the other music videos I've made as the Weather Station, other people have directed them, and I've just been really annoying. <laughs> so wait, you you've been annoying uh, to direct? Like I've been, yeah, I've like wanted to like, you know, a lot of them were ideas that I had. You know, like the Impossible video was like. You know, like all all of them were like ideas that I had in my head and gave to someone, and and I've just sort of realized like, um, oh, like I just needed to do it myself. Like I just needed to direct them um, so that I could have total control. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've never I've never done it before, and it was it was a really interesting it was a really interesting experience, and 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 the biggest part of it was just just choosing to have to have that power and to just like make the decisions and and to be unafraid of that was really cool and you know I actually like uh in March of of this past year I actually had a full plan to collaborate with someone uh with the director for the videos and he was going to direct them and and that was our plan and we actually were like about to film a video for Robert like a completely different video in March and um COVID hit we had to cancel our shoot and then, it, and then it was just sort of like this blessing because I it gave me the time to realize like, oh, I actually want to figure out a way to just do this myself, even though it'll be really hard. Um, and that was the right choice for sure. Well, the videos are are incredible, so I agree that you 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 made the right choice. Were you? Uh, did you have any like Tom Cruise moments on set where you had to yell at everybody about uh, <laughs> w- wearing masks and staying safe, or was it a pretty, uh, was it a relatively, you know, uh, worry-free situation? Um, yeah, no, it was very worry. It was not worry-free. I would say, especially the rubber video. Like, I, I like broke myself over that video. <laughs> it was so hard because it was just like so many people assembling them in like a rural place, you know managing everyone's expectations, you know, money, like logistics. It was like, you know, it was very difficult. And, and yeah, like the, the COVID situation, though everyone was actually like quite great about it. Um, but yeah, we had to have like rules and like, you know, ha- you know, we had to run a really tight ship, which was really hard. Um, but I didn't, I didn't have to yell at anybody, but, but definitely um, it's always a struggle. It's a struggle to be a leader. I'm not a very good leader. Like I, I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm, I'm like getting closer but it's just so interesting when when you're in a time crunch and a whole bunch of people you know want to talk to you and ask you questions and you have to be very uh, sort of selective with like yeah we don't have time for this right now right we have to keep moving I'm sorry you know like it, you understand how the director has like the the popular depiction of the director is like yelling at everybody <laughs> yeah you're like oh I get I get how that happens <laughs> yeah yeah. Did you 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 said that you you don't always feel like a like a natural leader? Um, do you think that you want to direct the? Did you want to direct the videos in part so that you could flex that muscle that maybe you felt was underworked, or uh, you know, did, did or or did it feel like it was tied to the? Uh yeah, no. I mean, I just I think it's just like everything else where it's like I have actually something very vivid in my mind, mm-hmm. and I I've realized over time that actually like. Sometimes you just can't communicate an idea to a collaborator unless you just do it yourself. Like there's sometimes words fail, you know, Yeah. maybe. Um, so you have to empower yourself to, to carry it out. And that's that's sort of it. So it was just the same thing as the same experience that I've had with 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 making records, too. Of Like if if my vision is clear enough, I actually just have to 
do it myself because there's no way I'll ever be able to explain to another human what I really want. And, and if I try to put someone else in charge, I'm actually disempowering them. If I actually have a really clear vision, like I, in yeah. order to put someone in charge and ask them to be creative, I have to be free. I have to allow them the freedom to be creative. So if I, if it's my idea, I just have to take over. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the record is called Ignorance, which is, I think, uh, a very charged uh, title for a record. And it, yeah. it feels very, um, well, I mean, it feels like a lot of things. On one hand, yeah. it, it, it feels like it's like a confrontational word, right? Um, yeah, it is. And it's so, I think it's a great title for a record. Um, but I also, I, I also wonder, you know, what is it... Uh, How'd you, how did you settle on that one? How did you settle on ignorance as, as, as the name for a record? Yeah, I mean, it is confrontational and, and that was sort of what scared me about it, but also made me feel like maybe it was the right choice. Like, I think when I first had that title in my mind, I told my partner and he was kind of a bit taken aback. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It just, I think like, the reason I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of titles I always struggle with titles like titling songs titling records like I never really like having to title something because I feel like it pins it down you know like if you if you title the song like after a line in the song it it will just you know it creates a bit of a barrier where that's now the important part of the song and if you if you have a title track on your record people are like that's the title track and therefore it's somehow more important you know what i mean so yeah it's the banner uh, that hangs over the whole thing it's the banner yeah and and but i think that you know like with not titling my last record which felt really great um with this one i was like oh by using a title i can kind of give this little key to some of the songs and, 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 and make people think about some, some, some aspect of the record that they might not have thought of, you know, like it, it just sort of shines a little light and, and, you know, like it's like when I titled my album loyalty, like I felt like that was a really cool title for that album. Um, in that, in the same way. And so this one, yeah, like I just, the concept of ignorance is just similar to the mirror suit only expanded in my mind and only felt more and more right as a choice. Um, that's because I think, yeah, sorry, go on. No, 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 no. I say that's gotta feel, yeah. that's gotta feel good. Right. For it to feel like, like increasingly more correct, you know, as, as time goes on, I'm sure it's not always like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think like in any, in anything, like I feel, I personally feel the best about, any idea or artistic creation that just opens up over time and has more to give over time. Um, like I have this phrase that I use in my head with songwriting where when I find a concept or a, a line or a song that is a well, it's like, it's like a something that I just keep going back to and there's always more water there. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a sign that like, that's a song that needs to live or like needs to be finished or needs to be put on the record is like when there's a well in the song. And I think that title has been a bit of a well for me. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting because obviously the world is falling apart because of ignorance. <laughs> um, and yet, and yet it's, it's not falling apart because of ignorance It's falling apart because of, uh, false knowledge, you know, it's falling apart because of people putting knowledge in places where they actually have none and, and believing that they know when in fact they don't and not, not having the humility to acknowledge uh, their own ignorance, you know? I mean, it's like when you acknowledge that you don't know, you might be able to ask questions and you might be able to be curious and you might want to know, you know, a, a, an ignorance I've started to see almost like an ignorance is like a noun, like it's like a black hole or something. It's like a blank space. And when you're like, oh, there's an ignorance here, you know, in this conversation or in this conflict that's that's causing everything to warp around it. And if we can just see it, we can see like, oh, there's this, there's this thing, there's this piece that's missing. There's this thing I don't know. And, and, and if you can see that, then you might be able to, to, to want to know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Why I think about how the the phrase like to to you know if somebody asks you a question 
and you respond, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, I keep thinking about how that's like one of the most vulnerable things that you can do, right? And I don't think, to your point, it doesn't seem to me like, and I don't want to, I don't want to get so myopic, right? Where we only think of it as like ignorance is something somebody else does. You know, I'm, I'm trying to put it, you know, very personally. It's mm-hmm. scary to say, I don't know, because what if you're supposed to know? What if you should know? Why, why don't you know? You know, uh, it's like, there's so many things that come along with that, you know, but then, yeah. On the other hand, I think about how it's also perhaps the most disarming and open thing you could ever say as well, right? You know, I don't know. Yeah. You can tell me or, or or show me or what or whatever, you know. Do you feel like right now there's like sort of a a fear of that vulnerability because we uh, have so much information available to us that perhaps you know, we're afraid that we've, we've squandered, squandered it. Does that make any sense? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly where I'm going with that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know how to solve the problem of misinformation, you know, in the modern era, but I definitely think there's something very interesting going on in the way that we talk to each other in part because so much conversation is happening over social media and it's a social media is specifically a place where people want to display their knowledge and their intelligence and their strength and power and there definitely isn't room on social media to say i don't know you know and 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 i don't know is a phrase that doesn't even come into play um you know when we judge others too i mean when we look at each other on social media you know we don't ever say i don't know why that person did that or i don't know what that means or i don't know what what really happened. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's extremely vulnerable to say, I don't know. And yet I think, I think a lot of our, you know, anger and defensiveness and uh, desire to, you know, display our intelligence and facts comes from our uncertainty about the, you know, our collective uncertainty about the future um, because the future right. has never, has never seemed more uncertain. So of course we would want to feel you know, the power of, you know, having a, a hot take or a, an interpretation, you know, I do it too. I like to, I like interpreting. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, of course, yeah. like, I think that's what, you know, it's, it's, it's the most, I posted this Ursula K. Le Guin quote the other day where she said, you know, I'm paraphrasing and botching it, but she posts, she said, uh, you know, a, a hero is someone who never says, I told you so, you know, or nobody who's ever said, I told mm-hmm. you so is the hero. And I, I, yeah. I joked that I was triggered by it, but it wasn't really a joke. I, I was super triggered by that. I love saying, I told you so. I, so, I told you so is one of the most satisfying things in the world to say, <laughs> because it's like, look, I'm valid. I'm, I'm correct. I'm objective. You know, I'm the right, yeah. I'm right, you know? And I think about how that's such a uh, human thing and how uh, completely understandable it is to be drawn to that. And yet, uh, you know, that cuts us off from so, so much. And I think a lot, you know, you have always, or at least, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, as I've engaged with your records, I've always felt like you're someone who's interested in writing about, and you do it a lot on this record, you know, capitalism, climate change, uh, you know, not small topics, big topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I keep thinking about how uh, ignorance is sort of the key that allows us to, to talk about that stuff. And the very fact that we feel so uncertain in our unknowing, you know, that's what often walls us off from having conversations about these things that are it's imperative that we have conversations about climate change. It's imperative that we have conversations about the way capitalism is uh, eroding our ability to understand uh, human life as something of value, you know, uh, the, or, or, some, yeah. or something other than, I mean, co- commodification, all this stuff. The robber's a perfect example, right? Where you're talking about your, your, your personal relationship to the robber, basically, you know, your sort of interacting with this phantom idea and uh (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know i just think i think it's 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 to me uh i don't know is such a is such a a powerful tool and i love that you 
called the record ignorance because it is because it is you know we we are ignorant we're ignorant of 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 each other so so often um well yeah i mean like i'll return to you know talking about climate change and capitalism because of course i want to do that but um but yeah like i i like i say i don't even know if it has anything to do with my record but you know this concept of ignorance which is like grown in my mind is you know is so interesting like you know, this spring, you know, this June and July, you know, where, you know, so many people were confronting racism and trying to, you know, like so many of the people I know, what they were just trying to say was stop believing that you know me and stop telling me that you know me and stop making judgments about my experience. You know, like that was such a huge part of the anger that that people felt was like, stop, you know, it's, it's there in all of these situations. Like, you know, I think about just like the history of the country in which I live, you know, which a lot of people are really contending with right now. Um, you know, if like people came to this unknown continent, you know, and they encountered people there, you know, and, and rather than being like, Oh, this is incredible. Like we've discovered this unknown place filled with, unknown people who we we know nothing about you know they they already had a decision about where they were they were like this is china we're or we're looking for china <laughs> um and they they all they also had a complete you know a decision about who the people were and that you know that they you know in in many cases like deserved to be killed you know which is so bizarre like you would think that even you know that they would want to know <laughs> what was what was here and instead yeah. they you know, the colonial powers essentially made a decision about who and what the people of this continent were and, and who and what this continent was. That's right. And then they imposed that decision on the land and on the people, and it's continuing today. Yeah. And 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 what a strange thing to build a country and a society on. And it's not surprising that it's still coming up in all of these ways. I mean, it's the same as, like, men, you know through the ages making all these theories about what women were you know and without ever asking a woman yeah sure <laughs> how the, how she felt about her life or, or or who she was and and i think it's just anyways that's that's what i think about is just like it's not yeah you know, it's not ignorance it's like the the false knowledge it's this this fake knowledge that shows up which you know in all of these situations and and it keeps happening and uh i don't know whether it's like innate to humanity or whether it's more like innate to the, the to the society that we live in that does have roots in this like colonial perspective <laughs> and and um, and i want to i want to i want to clear it up make sure that everybody understands you're talking about canada which here in the united states yeah. we unfortunately I, I, this is all news to me. I thought you guys had it all figured out up there, and that we and that we were the ones who were all goofed up. But I guess you're saying that's not exactly the case. Well, I mean, Canada and the U.S. are equally guilty of of you know, yeah, colonialism and genocide. Um, well, yeah, and but, but I mean, and to, before long before our time, sure, long before our you know, long before these countries existed. But but that's the roots of our of our respective countries, and I think Canada, you know obviously is less less uh you know there's there's some differences there in the way that we've handled it and the way that we've handled you know various things but but you know and i think the biggest difference is like canadians don't really have such a national mythology that we're good well <laughs> but you know yeah <laughs> yeah so 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 speaking from from down here the lower 48 you know um and i'm in the 48th state uh i think about how that mythology is killing us um and i mean and i mean that like not not mm -hmm. to be like you know talking about this stuff is always so hard and so weird because you're afraid that you're gonna say something stupid and i'm deeply afraid i'll say something stupid but i'll i'll <laughs> I'll, I'll risk it you know because um because our mythology is predicated on filling in a lot of blanks you know and not leaving a lot of space for an i don't know um mm -hmm. because an i don't know means that maybe it's not what we think it is already and that's a that's a thing that i think i think there is a human component to what you're talking about and i think there is a human component to not wanting to say that not wanting to feel 
uncertain. We all want to feel certain about stuff. Um, and I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think that the record's a little bit about that too, right? Like I think, uh, you know, um, Atlantic is my favorite song on the record, and that's a oh, thank you. That's such a beautiful song, and uh, and it's it's about something so beautiful being undeniable, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and then also understanding that that beauty is um is not all there is there's something else happening too you know and mm -hmm. and and asking ourselves like you know you, you sing about essentially the the desire to look away and and i f yeah. i feel that all the time i mean who hasn't you know it, we're recording this in uh january of 2021 <laughs> so it's a new year you know and it's gonna air in a couple weeks but i imagine this mm -hmm. is still gonna be this the case in a couple weeks you know um mm -hmm. Everybody is trying to unplug because there's so much information to process. What are we supposed to do with all of this stuff? And I feel like that song kind of is about that, right? You know, it's sort of about this desire to look away. And then also the threat that if we look away too long, we're going to miss something important. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. How, how early in the sort of the conception of the record did, did that song come? Oh, I mean, that's interesting, actually, because that song was like a total outlier. I've never done this before, but I actually just recorded the music with the band without words or a melody, mm. um, which I've never done before. I, I had written some other version of that song, actually. I actually wrote that song three times. Wow. There was three versions, um, which is interesting. And I, I feel like I shouldn't have acknowledged that on the podcast. Yeah, that song... Yeah, it's kind of my favorite too, honestly. It's it's sort of so pure and just so small and simple, which I really love. And and the music is the 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 music of it is my my favorite track on the record. But yeah, I think I think like inherent is this feeling of of you know, to look at the world and to love the beauty of the world. There's this there's this threat that's inherent in that, especially the natural world because it is at threat. And it's like how do you deal with that knowledge and and of course you wish that you didn't know you know i wish that i didn't know <laughs> and um mm -hmm. and yeah i mean like there is the whole like conversation around like limiting one's access to not you know to like social you know like the news and everything of course um but of course i don't intend to say that i one shouldn't know of course of course i believe that we do have to we do have to look and and it does matter if if we see because we have to see obviously right but yeah i mean it's i just think i guess what i always what i've been returning to over and over again in the past two or three years is just like i really think that you know when people look back at this time all they'll be able to think is like how how were people managing with this immense psychological weight of like that's never existed in human history or in any history i mean no animal on earth and so far as we know we're the only you know we're the only <laughs> life in the universe that we know of you know has any has anyone ever had to truly face this idea of like you know this destruction of so much life that's impending. Wow, I'm really getting heavy here. Um, you know, how has anyone, has anyone ever, you know, how are we holding this in our minds? I mean, I think the answer is most of us are not. Well, sure. But, but what a strange reality to have in, in your life. And, and what I find so interesting is like the last two years, I've just been going around saying that to people um, and nobody really knows what to make of it <laughs> when I say these things. Yeah. But... But, you know, like there are obviously people studying this and like it, it, it you know, it is real. And, and I guess I just see it in, in everyone and everything now where it's like, you know, what if the conspiracy theories and, you know, climate denial and all of these things are in our response to the same feeling I feel myself in my heart, which is that I can't look at the beautiful songbirds flying around in the sunset without just having in the back of my mind this knowledge of like, songbird numbers are collapsing you know like we're gonna lose this and 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 i think i think the denial comes from the same place that like 
the activism and you know comes from and the same place that like the eco-fascism comes from and and so many things of just like this fear and grief and once again my song does not like even come close to now you're <laughs> taking any of this in but you know we, we, we've left the song and i'm i'm just traveling into the into the stratosphere now but you know like i i just think that's such a that's like at the center of everything and and of course you have to look away for your sanity you know and i often do but but you know psychology teaches you that you know if you if you can see what what the root feeling is it's often easier to handle than than when you do look away yeah absolutely i mean and and i, I want to respectfully disagree with you i do think we're talking <laughs> i do think we're talking about the song still um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a, in a in in the best way possible but beyond all that i i think you're you know, you sing. I sh- I should get all this dying off of my mind in the in mm. the song, and I mean, obviously, for like very apparent reasons, that lyric hit yeah. hit me. You know, like sort of like a ton of bricks because it's such a. I mean, w- well, and to your point, the music is incredible. There, it's such a uh, mm-hmm. this record is. I, I'm gonna, I want to talk about that in just a second, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But that heaviness and that that idea, you know, I should get all this dying off my mind. I kept I kept turning that lyric over and over again in my head. And trying to figure out how I felt about it, or what it meant to me, or, mm. or, 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 to be honest, I kept asking myself. I mean, I, I, I recognized it as an, as an, as a true statement. It's a thought I've had, you know, over the last yeah. year. And then there's this part of me that's like, should I, should I get all this dying off my mind? Uh, you know, uh, or do I need to think about dying? <laughs> You know what I mean? Do I, yeah, do you yeah, know, yeah. Or, or do I need to come up with better language to talk about dying um, and talk about um, what's happening and, and, and what kind of death is um, not comprehensible because death can't be comprehensible to us, you know, but, but, but what is death? And what's yeah. and and what's good and what's a good death, you know, versus a, a bad one, and uh, and 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 are there ways to think about the world that are less extractive and uh, and less destructive, you know? And I think the answer to all these questions is, of course, yes. And and we should spend our entire lives trying to figure out how to illuminate and talk about all that stuff. But then there's this other part of me that's like, yeah, you gotta unplug too, you know? Like you can't, <laughs> the head, the headlines uh, are unrelenting. And uh, yeah. and we saw it at the turn of the year, right? Where everybody's like, well, 2021 is gonna be better. And the truth, <laughs> and the truth is, you know, maybe 2021 will be better. 2021 absolutely will be better in all sorts of ways. It'll probably be way worse in a lot of other ways too, yeah. you know? And I feel like, um, I don't know, like at the risk of sounding super goofy, you know, I just feel like we've lost the ability or maybe we never had it, you know, completely to to think about these things in like less than binary terms, you know, uh, it was a good year or it was a bad year. You know, it's like it's like <laughs> it's like you're singing in that song about seeing the sunset over the Atlantic, you know, and you're in this beautiful spot and you're having a beautiful moment. A beautiful moment that I think is probably essential to living life, you know. Yes. Um, and I think that that's the other part of the song that, like, these two things have to kind of hang together, you know, in such an uncomfortable uh, relationship with both the dread and the beauty. And if we don't have any of the beauty, and it's only the dread, it becomes a sickness that we can't get over. If we only focus on the beauty and we shut out all the dread, it becomes something else that's also gross and bad and I don't know. Yeah. Good yeah. good well, I mean, good song Tamara. That's what I'm trying to say. Great song. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, I think that like uh, there's a reason why like I often feel really bad that I use I a lot in my lyrics, you know, like I I've always I've often thought like, oh, this is something that, you know, if I mature, I'll I'll grow out of using I, like you saying I thought I. You know, but but the thing about I is like I am putting I'm I'm simply, you know, like I, like truth is something that I think a great deal about. And I, I, I really struggle and, and think very seriously about lyrics of like, is this true? Mm-hmm. Do I mean this? And, and, you know, that's just, that song is just a description of thought, right? Like I'm putting it in my own mouth and, and that's why you can have that relationship to it because I'm not expressing it as like true. I'm just expressing it as like, this is something I have thought or this is something I thought in this moment. 
And therefore it's, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not perfect. It's just the thought of a, of a flawed human in a situation, you know, which is so different from like a song lyric that's like coming from like an omniscient narrator. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I think like, that's why I include myself in my songs. Cause I'm including myself as like a flawed person, but for sure. Like I obviously like as a person, like very strongly believe that, that, that we have to look at death in general. Like, you know, like it's very, uh, it's very important. And, and, and I use death in like the broadest possible terms of like death of all kinds is like, you know, where we, when we shy away, we, 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 fall into doing things that are worse than the grief that that we would feel if we could if we could feel it you know yeah yeah absolutely i've become yeah. more suspicious of omniscient narrators in general over, <laughs> over the last year me too so i like we all have <laughs> I, I like your uh i like your eye focus in, yeah. in that song <laughs> this record is yeah. in addition to uh all the we've we've been talking about this and and i i fear <laughs> that like somebody listening to this podcast is going to be like god damn this record sounds like a fucking bummer it doesn't sound like a bummer at all this is such a fun sounding record and i mean that like <laughs> it's yeah yeah so deeply yeah. rhythmic you've 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 you're you're playing with these like textures and there's a lot of these like um you know i i don't know like classic west coast pop things happening and mm -hmm. then sort of like uh jazz rock arrangements i don't know you're you're really you're really <laughs> on one with this and i i really like the way that the record has so much life uh, in the rhythms. What were did you have sort of records that served as a touchstone for you, like uh, sonically with this one? Yeah, yeah, tons of records. I mean, I definitely a big part of my goal going in was just like to be not afraid of hi-fi. Like I was like, why don't I just make a record that sounds really good? And why don't I just record it in a nice studio and use great musicians? You know, like, why have I been so afraid of, of, you know, trying to make a record that just sounds good, you know? And, uh, yeah, so I definitely, I was listening to a lot of stuff like, you know, obviously like a lot of like eighties, you know, eighties and late seventies pop. Um, but even I remember listening to like, I don't know, like, like modern like hip hop and stuff just for like sonic ideas. Um, mm -hmm. because yeah, I, you know, I love, I'm, I'm, you know, as a listener, I really love, you know, philosophy and ideas and thinking and, you know, I love like super lo-fi, you know, in the moment records, but I also love like to listen on headphones and just get that beautiful, like ear candy. And I wanted, I think I wanted this record to just be passionate and kind of like overwhelm, you know, like overwhelm with like sumptuousness and beauty and like, uh, as you say, texture, there's a ton of texture. And, and I just, yeah, I was excited to make something just like really overwhelming, um, sonically and musically and for the ears that could sort of carry maybe some of some of yeah. these thoughts about like <laughs> really dark shit <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean I, I think it it certainly certainly helps get that stuff across yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah i'm curious about the about the maybe the hesitance and the reluctancy to 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 take that approach in the past i mean your records have never they've certainly sounded maybe um you know smaller in terms of, or or yeah you know, or more more intimate you know in terms of like more simplistic not simplistic is the wrong way to put it i mean it you know sort of like essentials you know you've you've focused and sort of prized a certain intimacy on the records and this has that too uh yes. but it's got like intimacy and maximalism um yeah were you were you worried in the past of simply um feeling overblown or or or, or overstate or <laughs> overstating things like where, where did some of that hesitancy come from you think oh I mean I think that I just I just had a bit of that like piety you know that sort of started with all of it was mine um <laughs> where I had this experience of yeah making this like lo-fi record in a few days you know with one other person and 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 then that record sort of had this this power that I really did not expect it to have and like had no idea it had, 
you know, and, and I didn't know what to attribute that to because like, yeah, I, I, it didn't occur to me. I didn't know what it was. And so I think I, I think I kind of had a bit of that feeling of like, oh, it's all about, you know, the recording has to be all about the moment and you can't, you know, use a click track. And if, and, and like that, you know, I, I had for a long time that feeling of like, when a record's really well recorded, it doesn't have as much emotion in it. Or when the band is really tight, it's not as emotional. Like it's better to have like a less tight band that, you know, it's like the, the Neil Young crazy horse sort of theory. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's funny because there is a part of me that agrees with that, but yeah, me too. I think it just depends on how you use these tools. Right. Like, cause I think what I, what I, what switched for me was like, what if I use like steady rhythm as a tool? You know, like, what if I use really nice recording as a tool? And, like, what could I do with that? I think I was afraid of that because I think I thought, like, that the, like, scruffiness of the way that I liked things to sound, like, if I lost that, I would lose, like, the emotion or the honesty. And 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 I think, yeah, it was super scary to just be like, what if I try to trust, like, my arrangements and my performances over like you know and let go of some of these ideas so yeah that's that's where the fear came from but you know like everything I don't know why I'm just like the moment I realize I'm afraid of something I need to like do it yeah I love <laughs> you know, that like, and it's so funny too because it's like all of it was mine was already like a response to like my fear of like you know, like my first record was like super maximal and intense and all over the place and crazy. And I, and I thought that that was what made it good. And then, you know, I realized I was afraid to just like expose like just the song. So then that's what I did. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always think about how when Brian Wilson was making pet sounds with the Beach Boys, you know, Mike Love said, don't fuck with the formula. And I remember like, that that's always stuck in my head almost as much as the Neil Young, you know, uh, make sure everybody's like slightly drunk and stoned so that it feels human. Yeah. You know, I love, yeah. I love both of those things. And I think about both of those things. Um, Pet sounds obviously being a record where the formula was significantly screwed around with um, <laughs> and talk about emotion and maximal maximalness, you know, maximalness is that's, that's embarrassing, but um, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like there's, there's yeah. this, this intensity to what's happening. Were there moments in the recording where you uh, you achieved that thing you wanted of like it being emotional and true and heavy and real and sumptuous? Uh, you know, were there some moments kind of early on where you were like, I got to trust my gut on this one? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the recording of the record was sorry um the recording of the record was actually it's funny that you use the word fun because i was like yeah the the recording of the record was actually really fun you know it, yeah. it was really positive like we were so stoked um in the recording studio we were all smiles you know like and that's such a good sign you know it, it means that you know that you're doing something good yeah and and yeah like i'm trying to remember like i think i think yeah, I think like from the very beginning, I was just like, oh no, this is great. Like there were definitely things that freaked me out. Um, but but for the most part, I felt pretty positive when we were recording. And, and yeah, like everyone just exceeded my expectations. Like, you know, like Kieran on the drums, like I had never played with him. You know, I had, I had never worked with him before. and And he just had exactly this thing that I wanted, which is like, he's you know, he's so good. Like, it's like, it's like a drum machine. Like he's so good and he's so consistent, but somehow it just feels, you feel it. And that's the alchemy that I wanted. And I, I was just so pleased instantly, like, and felt, yeah, like super confident about the record while we were tracking it, which is really great. (laughs) Yeah. And beautiful. So, yeah. You you sing uh, well. You spend a lot of your life working as an actor, um, and on the record, mm-hmm. you sing. I used to be an actor. Now I'm a performer. So my question is: Did you write that question simply because you wanted music journalists to ask you about your acting career, uh, or or was there some other reason? Oh wait, where where do I say that? Like in the 
in do you do you not sing on the record i used to be an actor now i'm a performer that's just in the bio no i think it's yeah maybe in the yeah in the bio or something um oh i don't know i think i think maybe it just wound up in the bio like i i don't I usually feel, I usually hate when people ask me about it. No, I know I was, I I know that people will. So I was just like, I feel like I've been, I've just been getting much better at like acknowledging it and like being like, oh yeah, that, that was me too. Even though, yeah, like it's, it's, that was me, you know, I did that. And, and I've been trying to like take ownership over that experience a little bit more than I have in the past. Yeah, I to- I totally botched it as a joke. I meant that as a yeah. joke that I didn't. I I knew you probably oh. didn't want people to ask you <laughs> exclusively about being an actor. Yeah, 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 um, totally, totally. But because I hear you, you know, people. That is something that obviously uh, the reason people want to seize on that is because I, they haven't been actors, and so we yeah. want to know yeah. what what's it like. But but you know, uh, I guess what what I, I am curious about is is if um you know this far into making great records, you know, if there has been something for you where you you do feel more um, comfortable in the idea of of performance, you know, because uh, I I don't know. I think that maybe there's that uh, uh that sort of punk rock authenticity thing that we get that people can kind of get stuck in where they're afraid yeah. they're afraid of the idea of performing. Um, yes, but I mean, as a as an artist that i mean what what else is there you know what i mean and and i just <laughs> and, and i mean performance is just like ignorance not not a thing that we uh need to uh be afraid of you know it's just a, like you said a, a tool so have you do you feel like you've become more comfortable with the idea of performance as a tool yeah absolutely i really have and and i think i think it started for me maybe where I saw a quote somewhere that was like, persona can be a way of maintaining your privacy. Sure. And I was like, oh, I understand now. Like, I understand why David Bowie, you know, wore crazy outfits and makeup. And, you know, it, it doesn't mean that, I mean, David Bowie was like a singular genius and like, you know, incredible human, I'm sure. But like that, that a persona can be a way of keeping parts of yourself for yourself. And... And I think I've started to see like performance and personas sort of being actually these beautiful protective things and, and also a way to put forth like a deeper part of yourself, like an unexpressed part of yourself, you know, like, like to, to perform, you know, to be a performer and, and give a performance that, you know, maybe doesn't touch on like, you know, the weird dinner you had before you know the show and the sort of like awkward conversation you had with your bandmate like just to set all of the like regular life things aside and just just embrace this like heightened the heightened thing you know that's at that's at the heart of what you're doing is actually like a, a great choice and and being hampered by uh yeah like the sort of punk rock authenticity um you know, it's, it's like, it's like the lo-fi piety. Like it, it, exactly. it's That's what I was really thinking. important. It's important. And there's like a, such an important piece in it, but there's, there's also like, um, yeah, it's also a bit of a prison. Like, I think I've been thinking a lot about, um, like truth and, 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 and performance and like all of these things are like, you know, where do they all intersect? And I think sometimes it's like, we don't have the right words cause it's complicated, but like, I think the thing that people don't like and that I don't like is when it feels like a commercial or it feels like propaganda or it feels like it's trying to like extract something from you. Um, that's the kind of performance or performing or that, that people don't like, but when it's, when it's sort of like performing a deeper truth or a persona that, that, you know, is, is like a bit of a wall that, that, you know, has a secret garden behind it you know like I think that's actually kind of beautiful and and I see for myself just this like it it makes me feel a bit free to imagine embracing some of those things in the future yeah um yeah yeah I think that it's that's that's an interesting way to put it because I mean performance is I mean uh (laughs) 
a bad performance is all the things you just mentioned. You know, a bad performance mm-hmm. is propaganda. A good performance is uh, is art. Is 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 you making something that it, you know wouldn't exist otherwise and imbuing yeah. it with that that part of you. You know, and 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 I just think about how. You know, I just felt like that stuff started to emerge so much on the on the self-titled record too, you know? This sort of like uh willingness to um I don't want to I don't I don't know. I don't I don't want to say embrace like you know, I, I don't know, to embrace the performative as a deeper as a tool, as a, as an access way, mm-hmm. an access way yeah. to the to the deeper truths and understanding that like, you know, you're never going to get to the deeper truths talking a normal language because yeah. Because that's why they're deeper truths, you know, they're obscured by our day to day. So I think, yeah, of, yeah. No, that's totally true. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Have, do you, you know, obviously you, you were able to do some videos and you've probably done, uh, have you done any live stream stuff over the last, you know, year? Um, yeah, I did a few things, but it really, I really didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but, I, I don't, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's that we're, we're like, we've been planning this like live stream um that's like with the full band from the album like and you know it's like gonna be recorded really nicely like filmed really like it's like basically like we're making like a concert film hell yeah that goes on the internet you know called a live stream which is very different from like me on instagram live you know playing my piano um but yeah like we're actually like right now i mean on monday uh, having to figure out whether we have to postpone it because um yeah, the COVID numbers are spiking in Ontario and it's like this weird gray area where we're like allowed to do it, but it's like, you know, gathering 15 people in a room doesn't feel like a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, that's been a big thing that I've been planning and and I've been putting a lot of my like eggs in that basket of like, oh my God, I'm going to just like do one show, you know, even though nobody's going to be there. I was really excited and uh, really excited to do it. So it's going to happen no matter what. It's just like might be postponed. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm curious if you have found um, that being off the stage, you know, have you have you missed that side of things? Um, and what has it felt like to be disconnected from that side of things? The sort of feedback loop that happens when you're on stage and, singing and people hear it and you're hearing your bandmates and all that stuff yeah i mean it is surprising how little i've missed it in a way but that's also like kind of my personality like whatever's happening i'll just i'll just deal with it um but the two things i miss the most are are like i really miss traveling like i i i really love sitting in a car driving down the highway like despite the carbon emissions, obviously, like I love traveling and I love being in the world. And I, I really loved the way that touring allowed me to be in the world. Cause it, it's, you're, you're in the world and you're constantly moving, but you're not a tourist, you know, like you're not there to look around and to like get something out of it. You're there to like do a job. And, and I love the strange, like very particular window that that gives me on like different countries of like, I know all about their highway systems and like I haven't been to a single museum, you know, like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, and, and just the sort of like, I really, I just find it's really nice for my brain to just get out of Toronto and get out of Canada and get out of North America and just like be other places and talk to other people and just have that other perspective. Um, so I, I really miss that. And I also really miss playing with the band. Like I really miss, playing music with people and that give and take and that that connection that happens where you know it's such a deep bond that forms you know even if you know when you're when you're chatting with friends on the phone or you know on zoom or you know going for a walk outside or what you know socially distanced or whatever like you just it's not the same kind of connection as it is to like share a life which is essentially what you do when you're in a band like you're sharing you know, a hotel room and a meal. And like, it's just sort of like this, this really different. And then you're sharing this like immense thing of, of playing music and performing. And so I, I really miss that, that connection. Yeah. I have to imagine that it's, that it's intense to, to not have that. But, um, do you feel like the songs that you've written since then, uh, sort of reflect any of that stuff or, uh, have you been writing more specifically about other stuff right now? 
Hmm. Well, you know, I haven't actually been writing songs like for the last while. Mm. Uh, Cause I, like I say, I made another thing after this record. So that's also in the, in the can. And, and I don't know that something just stops me from like opening up another door, you know, <laughs> like having another thing that I won't be able to put out for a while. Yeah. You don't want to have um, th- three albums, yeah, like, three albums yeah, waiting. It, like, <laughs> it just would hurt. But you know, I think I actually like have been thinking last week or so, like, often a record for me starts with like an idea. Like I don't, I don't know why, but I really don't write songs like every day, like until I'm like writing a record, you know, like, and then I write songs every day and Mm. I write a lot of songs, but like, I, I often need like a concept. Like I need like a door to open and tell me like, this needs to be written about. And, and that's always what's driven me. Like I sometimes wonder like if I would even, I can imagine myself being someone who like doesn't write songs at all. Um, And part of that is like over the last year, like through the pandemic, like I, for some reason, like I just, I turned away from music. Like it, it felt a little bit like sad (laughs) to play music at first. So I started writing like words on paper and, and I've been writing a lot, um, which has been like really cool. And like, I'm really glad I'm, yeah, it's, it's like a whole new, thing that's opening up for me is like getting better at writing and getting better with words and so I feel like when I go back to music I'm gonna be that much more comfortable and I also um did a lot of like piano practice and like learning theory and stuff which I've never done so I feel like I'm like arming myself with these new tools but I don't yet have like the door that I need to kick down to write something new like I just I haven't I haven't found it like this record and the one that follows it are so big in my mind I just like can't I can't find like what the new what the new well is <laughs> yeah um but that's always happened like it's always like I don't know what the the need is and and then and then like something happens or something changes where I just sort of start to conceive of something that pulls me into writing a new thing and and I've sort of that's sort of started to happen lately like where I'm starting to feel that like that desire of like oh, like I can start to hear, you know, I can start to see it in my mind of like, oh, maybe this is worth writing about. But yeah, it's tough because the, the the themes of this record and, and like the next one are so big that like it's like still, it's kind of like still where I'm at in a way. Like I'm like, I'm still thinking about all these same things. Like I'm still grappling with all these same things. Like I haven't moved on to the next thing in my mind. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, uh, sorry, it's a really long answer. You were asking about, band yeah like I have most of what I've like kind of written I guess yeah I guess I shouldn't say I'm not writing music because I kind of have written some things a little bit and they are like way more insular and like super like solitary in style and a lot of the music I've been listening to is like really insular and solitary so yeah that's probably yeah I don't know I hope that it's like yeah it's like I have to I have to dream the record before I can make it end. And that's happened every time of like imagining the record and then, and then making it yeah. is, is usually how it works the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well this one is such a good one and I really appreciate you taking the time to hash it out with me and, uh, um, and to kind of unpack some of the intense stuff that's going on in this record. <laughs> um, I know that yeah. we failed to completely explain uh, the mysteries of human existence and our I know we and failed our, <laughs> and, and our impending destruction. But I think we I think that there was still some good stuff, you know, came out of it. So yeah. Oh man, well, and I really like your writing, and and thank you so much for for interviewing me so thoughtfully. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for this great record, and uh, I hope we'll get a chance to talk again soon. Yeah, totally. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Jason P. Woodbury. I write, host, and produce transmissions, and I want to personally thank you for listening. Our audio editor is Andrew Horton. Jonathan Mark Walls creates video content for our social media platforms. You can find us on most of those. And for YouTube, 
Our graphic designer is Sarah Goldstein. And our executive producer and Aquarium Drunkard founder is Justin Gage. If you want to support what we do at Aquarium Drunkard, you can check us out on Patreon. And if you want to let me know what you like about the show, or I guess even what you don't like about the show, you can find my contact info on AquariumDrunkard.com. We've got all sorts of great stuff up on the site, lots of radio shows for you to check out, audio-visual joints, interviews, features, songs we love. You're guaranteed to find something cool over at Aquarium Drunkard, so check it out. We'll be back next week with another strange conversation for these strange times, joined by Yasmin Williams. He's got a great new record of acoustic guitar compositions called Urban Driftwood out on Spinster Records. So stay tuned for that and stay safe until then. Talk soon. <laughs>